are live. We are live on the internet. We're on the internet. Hello, Sanjana. Hi. We're on the internet. We're also We're internet. on the internet. We're talking about intelligence and what it is. Yeah. Just waiting for it to upload and and waiting for intelligence to upload. Intelligence can be uploaded if there's an artificial intelligence system. We're trying to do that with artificial general intelligence. Like right now, what we have is what you would call narrow, uh, deep, narrow deep intelligence. No, sorry, narrow uh, deep AI. And narrow deep AI is like um, you know your Siri, image detection. Um, all the, all of those kinds of things, but it's not strong. So um, when we are able to get to artificial general intelligence, we would be able to simulate our human uh, intelligence onto an artificial sentient. So it's not sentient in the sense it being alive, but intelligence being encoded in an artificial uh, machinery or source. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one day we get to the question of, okay, what, what differentiates us from the it? And I think that, I think that, that answer is either not going to be an answer or the answer is going to upset people. I think it's going to bruise people's egos when they realize that this thing that we hold so sacred, which is so sacred, dare I say even divine, I think it's the most magical thing imaginable consciousness and y y the experience of you being you existing as you um that when it really comes down to the nuts and bolts of what's different from that other than a uh, an artificial intelligence and artificially generated intelligence what is the difference i think that it i i do observe that i think it, it comes down to well there's uh you got like biological like wetware stuff you got mm -hmm. wetware stuff and this one doesn't have to have wetware stuff and have to deal with wetware problems and and wetware benefits there's benefits to having wetware there it is i like eating food i like doing there's several things about uh being a creature that i'm mm -hmm. for i'm here for it for a while but what if so what is intelligence according to you? According to me, what what I think intelligence is, is I, I have this thing that I say that uh that that but this is kind of like a, a pithy benevolent propaganda sort of thing. Uh which is that kindness is intelligence and intelligence is kindness. And that's just my way of saying that that there's that, that there's a, there's a subjective opinion in there, and I'm admitting it, but also an observation that I think that I think, like, uh, I think it would be good for us to to understand intelligence and kindness to be synonymous. It's not intelligent if it's not kind. It's not kind if it's not intelligent. And kind is different from nice. Kind, mm -hmm. we're talking like kind kindness is oh man, that's 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 a whole podcast. What but be, 
<clears throat> I think that as we become more intelligent species, we'll, we will become kinder in the way our systems work, our behavior, obviously the individual chaos fractal of there is a city of a million people. Some of them are doing wild shit. That's always going to be a thing. And, mm -hmm. and I don't want that not to be a thing. I mean, there's some instances where it's like, God damn it, humans. Holy shit, humans. If you want to keep going to, all right, hold on. There's a, that, that's a dark labyrinth trail that I could go down. That's bookmarked. Perhaps we could go down that later. But intelligence, I mean, simply put, uh, the, 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 the application, I would say. But the, but the, but you, okay, so we, I want, I, I want, I actually want to define intelligence for myself henceforward with your model. I trust, I, I trust, I trust your mind. You've got a mental model for intelligence. And I would like to get right into that. So from what I got from your model of intelligence is that you take kindness and intelligence together. So you're basically taking something which is very constructively logic with something which is affective. So affective is kindness and um, logically put intelligence. Um, my model, however, is uh, something that I would call uh, C3. And C3 is basically your capacity for abstraction, your capacity of comprehension, and your capacity for connection. So capacity of connection is basically when you take um, two, two or three or multiple theories together and you're able to connect them in a very creative way. Um, the second one is abstraction, your ability to create um, abstract concepts. So again, creation, you know, that's, that's uh, the essence of it. And the third one is uh, your capacity to comprehend, your capacity to understand. So all three of them together is what comprises intelligence. So that's why I call it C3 model of intelligence. Okay. So there's somebody who's super intelligent at figuring out stuff like our little problem, which I will, which I will invoke. You have a microphone that is not engaged right now. And we're both intelligent. I think. I think we're pretty smart. <laughs> I think. I think you're pretty goddamn smart. And, but, and we want that microphone to be the microphone that your audio is going through. Yet, we're not figuring it out. There are people who are so good at figuring out technical problems. They're just gonna. If there's a way they're gonna, I know people like that, but they don't do the thing that I do where they have a, a, a myriad of concepts in their mind and find a way to connect them in a way that is sometimes helpful or pretty poetic or funny. And my brain is doing that all the time. And so somebody might be like, you're intelligent. Oh, it's so intelligent that you took that thing and made it relate to this thing in a way that made me feel inspired. Um, but when it comes time for certain technical things, I'm useless. 
but I we can learn. We need technicians. We need uh, people who are good with computer science and mechanical engineering, um, and even information technology, so that they can, you know, just take all of these things and make better models for microphones or cameras or even computers. So, like, you know how we have for gaming, um, specifically Alienware laptops. So they have, you know, better capacity for you to game. Then we have um, what you can, what you would call MacBook Air, which is better for students. So you know they have the capacity of making uh, products which are suitable for particular kinds of people. We got, and they're good at it, and they're good at it, and that's why we can get this microphone here fixed, hopefully. We got Donatello's. Are you familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Sanjay? Am I familiar with what? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. <laughs> Donatello does machines. Mm -hmm. He's not a party dude. There is another turtle who is a party dude who knows how to socialize, how to be a socialite. How, who knows how to make light, you know, like uh, Tim Dillon, for example, sweetest boy. His, there are thousands and thousands of people who are experiencing less anxiety and depression because that man knows how to talk about what's happening in a way where it's like soothing in this weird way that no one understands. And that's what I'm getting really interested in. The weird ways that we don't understand, but it works. There's so much stuff like that. And he has a very good way of like delivering his comedy and humor. It seems quite realistic. Like if you watch, I mean, I watch all of his episodes. They're just hilarious. So what I like about him is that he would take all of the current um, news or you know whatever is happening in the world and make a hilarity out of it but in a way that it's um so laughable but at the same time it gets to the people who are listening to it um so he's making some sort of a logical humor there and it is perfectly delivered and that's why people love tim dylan so much I wonder if we could really map and understand that one day, but I don't, I almost would not want to see com comedy and humor scienced, you know, to mm -hmm. like, what is the thing where something is burdening your nervous system? Uh, uh, there is a, there is a topic that is burdening your ner nervous system. And then there's a way for another talking creature person to put words together in such a way and with this a sincere angle because it's not just like the words in the right order because like with stand-up comedy it's like that written that just written down would not have that effect on me but anyway the, this moment this thing with this word said in the right way with the right inflection and the right timing unlocks where suddenly i'm less in pain with my burden of truth and more able to help that's the that's the important part well no, the important part is is alleviation of pain as well but like people can 
work on problems a lot better when they're not twisted up in the suffering of them. And comedy is like the ma is the magic trick that for some. Yeah, we call it like comedic intelligence. So, um, of course, comedians go on stand up con like they do stand ups all the time, and they do have certain jokes in their head. But most of the time, they're also doing improv, right? So that also kind of like requires some sort of an intelligence. Like, how can you make jokes um, on the spot within a given audience? So um, comedians that generally have, uh, of course, a good sense of humor, but they but they also have what I would call comedic intelligence, because without that, without the cap capacity to create, again another another component of intelligence, there wouldn't be an improv. So comedians, in, in a sense, are also intelligent in a way. And they're emotionally intelligent in a way. And emotional intelligence, that's pretty new on the scene as a concept, right? Yeah. When was that phrase first uttered? I don't know, probably like late 19th century from some psychologist, maybe William James. Uh, not sure entirely, though. Um, but emotional intelligence has now become a part of what I would call pop psychology. Um, that, you know, what is emotional intelligence? Are you emotionally intelligent? So are, are you capable of handling your emotions in a very intelligent manner that, um, you know, whenever you're delivering those emotions that they are structured and logical? But I don't like that. I, I have a problem with emotional intelligence. Yes, you should be emotionally intelligent. You should be able to contain your emotions. But at the same time, it shouldn't be that structured and logical, which could be the subparts of what you would call emotional intelligence. I think everyone is emotionally intelligent because everyone has intuition, right? And uh, when you have intuition in combination with what you would call emotions, you know, both of them have this kind of reactionary effect, which is basically that both of them aid each other. So emotion and uh, humor it, completely different things. But when you take emotion and then intelligence, you know, they both are having this reactionary effect where emotion is helping intelligence and intelligence is, uh, you know, uh, supporting emotion. So emotional intelligence, therefore, could be this kind of intelligence where you're listening to your intuition in a way that you're able to comprehend as to what kind of emotion you're going through and what kind of emotion you can display. So it's the ability to make conscious choices as opposed to just observe, react. Exactly. And, 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 and so, so is that intelligence? Is it like your, you, the CPU that you bring to bear in your decision-making is, I mean, is that, is that a, it could be like intuitive intelligence, right? Because intuition is how you get to, um, basically detect emotions in another person. And as soon as you detect emotion in another person, there is a process, uh, which is, oh, what does this emotion mean? What, where is this emotion directed towards? Is it directed towards me? Let's say, uh, take a hypothetical example, right? This is a person and he is, he, she, they, them, whatever, are um, mad at me right now. So my intuition is already detecting that this person is mad that the emotion here is mad. That is my intelligence telling me that this is mad in, in, in 
in connection with intuition. So intuition comes first, then comes detection, and then comes the intelligent part, which is how how can I react to this in a in a instinct way. And then, I mean, some, I'm really curious about the experience of the humans who don't feel compelled to express as I do. And they're, and, and so they're just like this, this experience of being this or the scout, the scout organism. Like that sounds lovely. I mean, I'm not like asking for my voice to be taken away or something like that. Like I think of that as, as being a rather nightmarish scenario, but to completely subtract the entire part of experiencing a day that is my decision making apparatus and experience and the time and the, the, just all decisions of what to say and to just instead be observing, absorbing and processing and understanding. There'd be so much more understanding, you know? And that went back to emotional intelligence, like I fucked up recently with that. I mean, I, you, you've, if you have a social day, you fail a bunch across the day with moments of, and they could just be little things. Yeah. If you have, you have, I mean, at my job, I probably had a bunch of where it's like, you just, you misread and your, your intention, your, your aim was to follow what someone said with an expression of, I understand that and relate. And now I further the connection by give you this relatable thing that we agree upon. And it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't do that. The intention is further bonding. Um, so you could say that there's a phenomenology um, in play, which is study of experience, right? So let's say I'm having a conversation with this person right here. Um, and this is an experience in itself, and there's a causal relation happening. The cause being whatever I'm saying, the effect being the, re re the response of this person. So one could argue that even with in emotional intelligence, there's a particular phenomeno phenomenology with uh, causal relation uh, and, and, and also time. But that would be too abstract. Time would be too abstract. So one could say emotional intelligence is in play, the phenomenological experience is what is encapsulating this particular moment where emotional intelligence is being played. And there's a causal relation, which is inducing effect within the person that I'm talking to. And so when one fails to produce the ah, but because now, because now, that's when you when you think of it meta. Now that's what it is to sound. We would describe that as sounding robotic. To say the thing I said did not have the desired effect. I it did not produce the result that I wanted. Um, that, that 
you're supposed to just be this sincere human that's happening, right? Like we, we, I mean, we're all saying we like that. We want, we want you to be real. We want you to be you, to be authentic. And that would be to not, to have less of this, this, this meta echo chamber conversation in your head of, uh, of your self-awareness, your terraception, your, how unintelligent is it to be always thinking about yourself? <laughs> I mean, I think it's part of, part of the human condition that we think a lot. Um, I mean, going back to what you were saying about having uh, the mind cluster um, and, and the way of approaching, I mean, there's always a persona, right? That we're, that we're always representing. So, you know, you take Freud or you take Jung or Lacan or whoever, any kind of psychoanalyst, they would say that um, as soon as we meet another person, there's a persona that we have. So that uh, so we have another character. And as soon as we're alone, we have another character. So we all live double lives. The first life being whenever I'm phenomenologically experiencing another person or, you know, talking to another person, and then I have my persona. And then when I'm alone, I have another persona, which is me by myself. So, you know, there's a, there's an experience going on here. An unfolding experience back to the scout thing. If like, if I could scoutify, if there was, hmm, I think there, maybe there already is this, but I'm imagining a drug, a, 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 a consumable, exogenous thing I could take that would make it so for the next three hours, I'm scout mode. I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to think about what would be good to say. I've got no, I've got no reason to strategize. If I've got, n I've got nothing but input what I think about it, how it makes me feel. And stop right there. Not even the thinking about how it makes me feel. There's so much thinking about how things make me feel. <laughs> like that's, that's been a lot lately. Like what, why that? Why now? Why directed that way? Why do I feel this way? <laughs> um, and, and a lot, a lot of the CPU, it goes towards that. Why do I feel the way I feel right now? Um, we can never know, right? Because emotions arise instinctly like you never know i mean of course there's several factors right let's say um i'm walking in a park and as soon as i'm walk walking in a park there's a bunch of people and i'm observing them right and so every human being that i am walking through i look at them and instantly i make some sort of a judgment you know just some sort of a judgment as to what the person is what's happening and so of course but just by the observation, just by the phenomenological experience of observation, there's an emotion which is induced in the person. So one could also say that this emotional intelligence is usually triggered by an external factor, and that external factor being either a human or a substance or anything else. But in this park example, it is a particular human who's just passing by and you make a judgment. So judgment is also a part here when, when it comes to having an external stimulus. External stimuli is my, dare I say, God. 
lately again. I am on a kick that if I pay attention when, and I'm going to use a word here, it's just a word, but it's the word, it's my word, my relationship with it. When the divine is happening, pay attention. And the, and I perceive that when that's happening to be when I drop the reins, it also can happen. No, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. It's when I drop the reins, it's when, whenever I, I have, I have the hands are way away from the wheel. Um, and I am just observing as other, and I will say sometimes it's a human, sometimes it's a landscape. Sometimes it's a the grand totality of a whole story that happened. Sometimes it's a musical. Uh, uh, it, when I'm observing that, it's like there are times I've like, by my definition, I am now in the presence of the divine and I should pay the fucking ten- attention. It is my intention to pay attention and and then attention happens and comes and comes easily. But this thing of like str- struggling to pay attention, like the, the like the problem of the microphone, that's boring as fuck to both of us. We did our dopamine goes good. Just thinking about it is like, oh god, just can't can't things just work? Can't the technology just just be there and just be working so that we can do the thing where we talk? Um, paying attention to that is difficult. What's that? What, how does that factor into to intelligence? Your ability to pay attention, because your ability to pay—I I mean, if this is—if we're gamifying this, you're 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 not very capable of doing what you want to do in the world if you can't decide where your attention goes and stays. So one could say that let's say attention, right, and also emotional intelligence. So it could be a broader part of consciousness as we know it. So we're a conscious being. One of the factors of being conscious is, of course, attention, being conscious. And when you're conscious, you're paying some sort of an attention to a system. And that's where the emotional intelligence also ties up with it. Because without attention, we cannot detect the external stimuli out of which this emotional reaction is coming out of us. So this entire phenomenological experience that we're having with another person is coming out of our conscious mind, which has an attention component to it. Paying attention in the arena of people's emotions, especially when it becomes a, a, a sensitive moment, is something that I find so direly important now. I should have realized how direly important it was and how how much it, it, it behooves me to be readily aware of that front of mind awareness that it's like you could you could you could hurt somebody's feelings trying to have fun or just not being careful enough just like the paying attention to but it's i mean it's going to happen so much though cuz that's what we do we get out we get out there and we get where we're going fast doing a bunch of things and then a moment happens that you are reminded that you're this 
conscious and subconscious lightning rod of emotional ups and downsies and sideways and all that this uh, man 3d graph spectrum shit of emotions like something can just be said that why the hell did that why did that affect me in that way and then i mean emotional intelligence would also have um some sort of a subconscious intention right um so i'm interacting with this thing right here and he's angry right and so my emotional reaction to this particular thing is also coming from my subconscious. So the subconscious and my conscious self, because this is triggering a response in me and it's anger. So how do I tackle an anger emotion? Whatever the subjective relationship I have with this person, plus my conscious self, plus my subconscious self, just projecting it onto this particular person. So one could say that um, emotional intelligence is basically coming out of both your conscious self and your unconscious self and your subconscious self, which is conscious and, and unconscious at the same time. It's so weird to, to think and to see right now that my conscious, my, 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 my conscious mind is thinking about and strategizing as to how to get my subconscious mind to believe different stuff so we can have a happier reality. That's so weird. That's but then you know what's even complicated? You take intelligence and you take cognition, right? So what would be the difference between intelligence and cognition according to you? Application. Applying. Intelligence, I, th I, I, I when I think intelligence, I think of applied. So I think so, and I, and I think of like, intelligence agencies like they're not gathering all that data because because they think it's interesting it's just it's just uh it, it gives them goosebumps they're, they're collecting all of the data they possibly can so that they can strategize the next move or uh a uh a, th a thread a direction of propaganda that will do this that will push this this way because we're trying to get this it's all about application they're the central intelligence application agency and so when i'm scouting back to back to why i would love to take the scout drug i would love that i would i would love for there to be a drug that would make it so that i could choose to be on full scout mode and when i did that if I took that alone with someone, that means I really trust them. That means that I'd like, I'm more or less, I will, I will say a thing. You're just by definition of, 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 of the G.O.D., uh, you are deputizing them as God for a period of time. Your reality. Here you go. You're my reality. I'm not thinking about what I do in how I react to any of this. I'm just observing, absorbing, and becoming the experience of you. Whoa. So for me, when I would say that intelligence is comprehension, creation, and connection, cognition, on the other hand, would be how you're able to 
synthesize that knowledge that you're gaining, but also how you are grasping all that information. So it's basically like cognition is um, your ability to intake as much information as possible. And then you transfer it into intelligence, which does the work of comprehending it. So people mostly, um, you know, kind of conflate or interchangeably use intelligence, cognition, and sentience as the same thing, but they're not the same thing. Intelligence is creation, broadly speaking. Uh, cognition is how much amount of information you can, you know, just take in your brain. Um, what was the third one that I said? God damn it. Sentience. So sentience is being. It is, it is what Heidegger would call Dasein, to be, to exist. So I am sentient, you are sentient, right? And intelligence is both of our capacity to create. Cognition is both of our capacity to, you know, accumulate as much knowledge as possible in our head. So that would be the correct, you know, like definitions of all of these three things. So that's why you should never be conflated with each other. So is it, if someone is born and they are encouraged from the get, from the gate to enact their will and express their thoughts and feelings and they end up someone who has a lot to say about stuff and a lot to try to, you know, to try to apply. And then imagine a baby that's born that's surrounded by you know, parents and community and everyone treats them as um, scout that is, that is observing and learning and feeling and experiencing. Mm -hmm. like, and like, like the, like, as, as, as as much of the extremes of two of those, I mean, these are experiments that will probably <laughs> will run someday when there's uh when you can just have like uh, fully fleshed out artificial intelligences, just, uh, you know, have a, have, yeah, have this family and this community do it this way, you know, like in a digital reality or perhaps even just like with wetware androids, but you just, I just, I'm thinking of this experiment of like, the baby is going to be, these two babies are going to be born. One will be surrounded by, and the parents will be from the very moment that it enters of like, what do you have to say? What do you want to do here? Look at all this stuff that you can affect. And just like all the language is like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to, what do you got to say about it? Who are you? What do you stand for? Um, and then the other baby is, uh, is look at all this stuff. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Look at all this. Look at this world. Look at that. Look at that. Hey, look at that. And listen to what I'm saying now. Read this book. There's that. Everything is about input. And there's and there's there's never anything said or or encouraged and propped up in the child of this aspiration to affect anything. Just watch. You're here. Look at it. Listen. Feel it. 
Isn't it beautiful? So Darwin said very famously that expressions are innate and they're universal. So, you know, you were giving an example of a baby having a phenomenological experience of what is this, right? So they might have expressions. They might have happy, sad, angry, you know, and we're all as humans, you know, be it someone from Mexico, be it someone from um, some sort of a native Indian uh, tribe, you know, anything. If I smile, all of them are going to consider that, yes, I'm happy. Right. So same goes for the baby. Right. Babies fa facial expressions are innate in the sense that we're able to understand them universally. So if the baby is smiling, we know it's happy. If it's uh, crying, we know it's going through something. So it's it's universal across uh, all the sentience, you know, so facial expressions uh, and gestures are two things which are universal and innate. This is what Darwin was talking about. And you get smarter at knowing what the, the, the little diagonal, weird, specific emotion, how those come across a person's face and body language um, as you live more and as you see more circumstances where that could have been better. Oh, man. Here's my thing about the that I think about the past. Can I go into the, 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 about my, the, the thinking about the past? And I, and I don't. I want to preface this by saying that when I when I think about when we talk about smart, as if you could you can measure someone's smartness, it's like that one's real smart, but it's spending all of its time thinking about shit that is affecting nothing, and it's not doing what it could do. It, it, that that person is not doing what they could do. They could they could they could be doing things, but instead they're fucking thinking. And 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 the highest offender of this that I've ever observed is me. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm smart, right? I'm spending a lot of time thinking about things that I'm not, you know, applying. Um, anyway, the past. How the hell would we know anything if not for there being a conception of and memory of the past? Like, so I've, I've just, I've concluded, which is funny to say, I've concluded, I've, I've concluded that the past is this component that needs to exist for the consciousness to have this experience where it knows some stuff. So the, the past being horrible is an embarrassing and sad and excruciating and fucking all of the negatives, like there's so much negative in the past. Good for for now. Like it, it it is of the benefit of now that we have a conception of of a horrible nightmarish past. It's there, you know. And what is the clearly bad choice is to stay with it is just like the past is bad so now is fucked you know that's a it's a bad choice um now i don't know what the like the good choice is i don't know what 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 what's the best thing to do with yourself 
having consciousness, let alone a human vehicle. Like if you were just the consciousness, I don't know what, what you'd be paying attention to. And then holy shit. Now you add in that you've got this human that can affect things. You could, you could gain political power. You could be somebody's best friend. You could be a great uh, spouse and parent. You could be a cool coworker. You could fix a thing. You could make a song, you know, uh, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what's the best thing to do with that. But I know it's not sitting and ruminating about how f- bad shit used to be. And I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm scope this, take this to the scope of an individual, like sitting in a room thinking about how horrible it used to be to exist as you when other circumstances were happening. That's a, that's a bad choice. I would like to help as many people as possible uh, realize that that's what's happening and then make a choice, make a, the, just, and that is what I would say is the, is to become conscious, to be, to become, I mean, you're conscious if you're awake, but like, to, I think that what people mean when they say like a consciousness community, like, Oh, that was very, you know, the conscious uses this very positive adjective of like, it's like that you, that the awareness got aware and made a choice instead of scouting a nightmare, you know? I got to, you got to get out of scout mode. It seems to at least make the choice to get to the present, which could be great. The future, which could be amazing. And, and then there's the worrying about the future, but that's a, that's not a subject, but I don't know if I had a point there, but the past, yeah. Imagine triplicity of time, right? It has beauty past, present, future, triplicity of time. Um, everything that we know that existed in the past is basically our memory, as we were talking about before. But then way before you were talking about um, how intelligent or how smart a person is, right? For that, we have this test called IQ. Although I don't really think that IQ is stable across all ages. So maybe if I take an IQ test when I was, let's say, seven years old, um, it would have like different, uh, it would have its own unique number. But then if I take an IQ test when I'm um, 24 or 25, it's it's completely different, right? So intelligence kind of like expands across a lifetime. And and that, in, uh, that, that in- intelligence expanding all over time, you know, is parallel to triplicity of time. Because intelligence is also inherent, inherently involved with our memory. How can we recall a memory real quick? You know, um, I, I did something when I was five years old. And, you know, what is my ability? What is my intelligent ability to recall what I did five years ago or five when I was five years old? So intelligence and duplicity of time with memory are all, you know, tied up together. Yeah. Man, the slipperiness of some memories and the stickiness of other ones. There is a drug that exists that does a thing with that. Can can make everything nice and slick. So it just slips away down down the drain or just further away so that you can can swim away from it for a bit. Um, What to do with the past is apply it, I would say, right? Like... And what did and 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 I'll get societal now. What what to do? What if we are to be an intelligent species? Which I would say an intelligent species doesn't annihilate itself. 
I mean, that would be stupid. Because the way it would go down, the way it's, it would be, this team is trying to win over this team, maybe not even necessarily eradicate this team, but, but, but win an argument. And the result is we're all vaporized. That's fucking stupid. That's stupid, stupid, dumb. That's fucking dumb. That's the definition of dumb. To destroy everything. I to- mean, but one could also say that society works upon disruption, right? Like you always have two forces clashing together. There are people who are, oh yes, yeah, save the planet. The other people are like just polluting it and they would deny that climate change has been a thing. Um, same goes for COVID, right? Back in March 2020, every, uh, when the pandemic hit and there was three-month lockdown, everyone was crying, we need a vaccine, we need a vaccine, you know, we need treat- treatment options. Why are scientists not um, working so hard? Why are they even scientists if they cannot even produce a vaccine within this given time frame? Um, so at, right after when the vaccines come out, there are people who are taking the vaccines because they acknowledge that vaccine has an effect which could um you know get us rid or you know sustain the covid um stimuli within us so that we don't actually get affected but then there's another group of people which are like oh yeah no vaccines are harmful it has xyz ingredients which could uh, fuck up our body and whatnot so you always see two different forces you know, playing together. And that's where the society rests. Because if we have, you know, two people, just everyone agreeing on everything, that's utopia. And you can never reach utopia. So utopia and dystopia work along with each other to kind of form the society as we know it. Because otherwise, the reality would be, I don't know, boring. If, if everyone is just agreeing with each other and everyone's like, there's no dialogue, there's no Socratic dialogue, there's nothing. So society works upon disruptions. We always have these two forces. I'm excited for you to experience the marketplace of ideas and people's sentiments around them of the United States of America because we got a thing going on that is a microcosm of the question of will the human species take to the stars, uh, have a uh, a paradise loop, do cyborg stuff in cool, neat ways. Or are we gonna fucking annihilate ourselves over an argument, over a a disagreement about probably imaginary numbers, money, you know? Which imaginary numbers, agreements about, but at the end of the day, imaginary number, are we going to, that would be stupid. So, so if the question is, are we an intelligent species? Are we intelligent life? Is there intelligent life in the universe? I would say the intelligent life is the intelligent life gets past what we're at right now. Uh, but I, yeah, but back to so the microcosm of the United States of America right now is that that there's there's uh, bifurcation, uh, a 
a political duopoly. That's the that's the really fucked up part. I think that that can be fixed. But there's you know, there's there's uh, there's two tribes. There's two extremities of we put this thing on a on a on a on a, uh, on a, 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 a binary linear spectrum. Left, right, blue, red. Um, and where it's it, it's it's clear that with any disruption and with any criticism, like something gets better. So to have it, 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 it might be a thing that still has some gems for us to have um, things criticized by their their equal opposite and like really scouted, really analyzed and picked apart and then like this this could be smarter or this is throw this out this is flat dumb and and that like throw this out this is dumb like i like i really i'm i'm going back to the individual scope now uh like the i'm gonna prove them wrong energy is like the strongest shit in the world that's the fucking that's the most powerful motivator I mean, it, it, it requires a conscious choice of like, I'm not going to give up on myself because like, okay, so I got this external criticism or rejection. And instead of taking that as, well, I guess I suck and should die. It's like, I'm like, no, they're wrong. Let me prove it by becoming, you know, that's the most motivating force. And it happens. You don't sign up for it, but when it happens, a gust of that can take you so far in life. Anyway, I see that with the left-right thing, you know, the I'm going to prove them wrong. And you're bringing out the I'm going to prove them wrong energy. Like, I mean, one of the problems we are facing right now is how we don't have Socratic dialogue anymore when it comes to left and right. Like, so having a Socratic dialogue is basically I say something, I complete my argument, then you say something, you complete your argument. We're having disagreements, but we're being intelligible about having this discourse that we're having. We don't have that anymore. And the second problem is uh, people often take um, facts and opinions and they interchangeably use those. So let's say I go on New York Post and I read an opinion editorial. Um, and I think, oh my God, like the way this uh, opinion editorial is saying is probably a fact. No, it's not a fact, it's an opinion. And when people look at facts, they're like, oh, this is an opinion. You know, this is a problem of media at the moment that we are, I wouldn't say we are, but most of the people are confused. Most of the people are confused as to what is a fact and what is an opinion. You can, uh, the example of, of COVID, you know, COVID information, the scientists out there who have opinions, um, you know, ivermectin works or this, that thing works. Uh, and, and if we use this medication, this could work. And then there's vaccine, which is a, I mean, considerably a fact. Um, so again, you know, if, uh, if us as a common citizen, I come across treatment plans, which are opinionated by uh, renowned scientists, and then vaccine, which is factual uh, and, and FDA approved. Um, what should I choose? You know, is this opinion better than the fact? Is this fact better than the opinion? Is opinion this and is fact that? So that's the problem that we're facing. People are not able to differentiate or, or distinguish between what is a fact and what is an opinion. And that's why the right wing and the left wing politics is getting heated up, especially the far left and the far right. 
Yeah, you got to because you, the, there has to be a reminder. I thought that we've already had sufficient reminders of this, but you need to remember that you got to take violence off the table. Like you can't, you won't, you can't communicate when when it's understood that it's like, well, if I decide though, I'm bigger than you and I have, I have more efficient weaponry. And, well, and or, you know, like, you, 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 it's not a conversation when one person has the, has the power. And so if you want a real Socratic dialogue, you want a real dialectic, democracy to be happening whether in a room with three people or a country with 330 million and like people can't negotiate their fucking relationships man it's like two people just half all you got to do is i mean i don't want to make this sound like it's simple that you know I, let me back that up <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm but but I'm mean, coming from the from like the meta like watch just observing myself at, as a human outside of the experience of being a human it's like buddy all you've got to do is fucking forget about what you're trying to enact for a moment you have to fully go into scout mode to understand where there's this person is at what they're thinking and feeling and what they want. And then if you still want to like, you know, fight for, for your ex extremity, if this can be put on some binary spectrum of like, you, they wanted this, I wanted this. Um, then if you, if you compromise, you, you really have, you, you have to learn the full breadth of what this person thinks and feels and what they want and try to get it and, and, and maybe narrow down as specific of what they would really want, which often is unknown to us because we're, we're in scout mode, you know, or that's like intention and propaganda, right? Like most of the time when people are talking um, left or right, or just any two people are talking, there's always an intentionality um, as to what I'm trying to convey to this other person. Um, now, when we get this into a political sphere, in, in terms of left and right politics, we usually have intention attached to a propaganda. That propaganda doesn't have to be in a negative way here. But um, if I want to push forward that, um, COVID case seems like the best way to describe it, um, that masks don't work. So there's an intention and a propaganda that I'm trying to convey to this person right in front of me. And then the other person has intention and propaganda and propaganda not being a negative thing, but also being an influential thing um, that, hey, actually, vaccines work. Actually, masks do work. So, you know, we see intention and propaganda together. Same goes for information, um, misinformation and disinformation. So one could say that um, misinformation is something which is always present within our uh, political scenario. But when it comes to intention and propaganda, there's usually disinformation. 
uh, involved, specifically in the political sphere. So we see intention, we see propaganda and disinformation being kind of incorporated into a, um, a statement, a dialogue or whatever in order to influence people. And then on the other hand, the other person is also using the same thing. Maybe it's only misinformation, maybe it's factual information. But there's always an intentionality. There was a French philosopher called uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, and he would talk about intentionality a lot. But there's always intentionality behind things. And intention is very, very important when we have two people having a discourse. So intention, propaganda, misinformation, disinformation, normal information, all of these things are you know, kind of intrinsically connected to each other, specifically in a discourse, and specifically in a discourse that we have today. It'd be great to see that, like, so earlier you said we don't have Socratic dialogue anymore. And I do disagree with you. I, I, I disagree with you. I disagree with the, the, the uttering of that spell um, because there are people like ourselves, I think. I think we could have we could have a true dialectic. I think we could disagree on something and and have you know violence be off the table and be like, all right, we're trying to we're trying to get to a place. Um, but uh, and there's a lot of that out there. It's just not. It doesn't have the the main stage and the mainstream. Maybe we're. What I would love to see is the annihilation of not in any violent way just just the, the removal of there being a stream that is main there need not be a that the main the, the main stream of information the main stream of art when people are so different and so specific in order for there to be a main stream there it's it occurs to me that there would need to be an effort like, and I don't know how deep that effort is, and I'm one of the one of the less conspiratorial, paranoid minds amongst us. Um, there would need to be some sort of actual conscious effort to get it so that people are lining up on something accessible and easy, and probably something that plays into. Um, our lesser knee jerks, like the compulsion to conflict, to define ourselves by, by who's, who's wrong. I mean, and that shit's powerful. Like the nemesis thing that, uh, Eric Weinstein talks about, has talked about this, about like have a nemesis. So, you know, like a, 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 this is a, a friend. This is a de this is actually a dear friend. This is somebody who's going to be in your life a lot, but they're like they're kind of your your opposite, and they fill you with inspiration to 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 best them. And uh, I think I have that or, or or two. And yeah, that. But I, I think I'm, I lost my thread there. Because I was thinking about it, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about, um, and it, it, it actually it need not be cordial. It need not be. I mean, I think it helps to be civic. It's safe to be civic. That's the. I mean, that's my. I'm. I'm. The biggest reason why 
anti like uh well I, I think that we just stop having violence as an option to communicate you know and i would like to see that that doesn't mean i fucking want it to be entirely removed dude i i think if we could make it where mutual combat mutually consented violence Humans, I think humans will always kind of want that. And that it's and it's this beautiful thing. The, the people are so into UFC for a reason. We've got these bodies and we're gonna fucking we're going to administer them to cause maximum damage as a game. That's a riot. <laughs> That's fun to watch, at least. Because I don't want the thing where I get hurt and stuff. But anyway, civic, the reason for being the biggest reason for being civic is safety. If I became a parent, if I be, if I become the father of a child, my l- level of fervorance and zeal for anti-violence, take it off the table, sp- goes way up. Because I'm not going to be involved in any of this shit where there's fucking, where we're, you know, administering our humanly vessels to cause maximum damage to each other. I'm not going to be involved in any of it. And if you bring any of that shit near my kid, I'll fuck, I'll haunt you in the spirit realms. Like fucking like, like that is so just get all of that violence shit. The fuck, the fuck, the fuck away from me and my family. You know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty intense about it now, but like not nearly as much as I will be if I did that. Um, somebody said, when you have a child, you bring a hostage into this world. That's heavy. But, um, but yeah, if that if I I, w- I would feel that way. If, if I had a kid, it would be like, all right, now seriously, stop with the fucking violence. But then you got, but then you have to know that that taking that tone, stop with the fucking violence, isn't gonna <laughs> isn't gonna do it so much as intelligently uh, bringing to bear all of your skills and your awareness of the past, and your emotional intelligence. And your cognition and your and your your just applied mentalism just do everything you can to bring peace god damn it maybe i should be doing that right now maybe i should, <laughs> I, I, I so should. Like going back to socratic dialogue right you and i are having a socratic dialogue what i meant by you know the lack of socratic dialogue is basically within the political sphere like you get Trump and Joe Biden, like the presidential debate that you guys had. <laughs> I was just like, what the? <laughs> like any one of these people are going to drop dead any second. That That's how old they are. And they're not having a Socratic dialogue because Trump is keep, Trump keep on like interrupting that guy. Like he, this, 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 this. That's not what a Socratic dialogue is. When you go to all of these major TV channels like CNN or Fox News, here in India, we have Archstock or um, CNBC and, and Republic TV. You get like all of these politicians on and you get them to debate. That's not a Socratic dialogue because both of them are interrupting each other. So that's what I meant by lack of Socratic dialogue. Of course, there's people um, like you and I who are able to have Socratic dialogue, who are able to agree to disagree, but also agree to agree. Um, but there's always going to be people out there who are trying to, to you know, instigate some sort of a misinformation or disinformation on propaganda, intentionality, in order to kind of, um, you know, break 
the, the Socratic dialogue, break the very essence of Socratic dialogue. So that's what I meant by that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to put, I just had a, had a, 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 a revelation about um, old and what it is to say old as a derogatory, because as you, you just did with uh, Biden and Trump, um, that yeah, in that if that 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 footage will forever exist as two shitty old men, old men, and it's not their age. It's like they're the, neither of those numbers. I've no, know people who have higher numbers than both of those two who are not old like that. They are an existence that is in the past, and it and it and of course it's causing the body to crumble. You know, I wonder if that's the case. I wonder if that's that that could be scienced one day. That it's like if you're existing entirely in a ruminative state of scouting the past, if you're in a loop of the past, that it causes you to age. It seems to make sense to me that it's like that that's that that in a in a not so subtle way says to the, the nervous system and the, the the whole system okay shutting down because we're not applying ourselves to the present and future we're just doing this past thing we're just like and to th and to have the, to have there be people who are i I definitely, and back that we're living in what will be the future's past. And w I do think we will look back at now and we'll be like, we used to let people who were in a ruminative and archaic and dinosauric is one of the thing, one of the words that people have become popular lately to say of that. But like, um, that the people that we were having fossil brained past problem, pa past problem propagators, bringing, making the, making the problems of the past. Let's make them the problems of the present and future. Let's keep that going. Um, <laughs> just like, just people are, there's that we used to let old, old minds govern us. Fuck. But then again, there's a, there there is a virtue to that, which is that you know the the, the future the, the the unknown is chaos, the past is at least known, and so there's some things from the past. Like I think we got a pretty good constitution. We just have to actually actually realize it and give it to, and, and promise it to everyone. But I think I acknowledge it. it, realize it, and potentialize it. That's something that we could be doing with our ethical and constitutional laws. I mean, this, of course, there's so many flaws in democracy, right? I mean, I would say that democracy at the moment is in crisis. Like, sure. look at all of these democratic uh, countries having two-party system like the United States, um, even multiple-party system like India, right? We see that... Um, there's always two parties in play. There's always polarization. So what is democracy if we're, if we're not able to have multiple parties, multiple opinions out of which we could choose? Why does it always have to be major consensus where we have two polar sides? So for you guys, Republicans, Democrats. For us, it's um, this uh, party called BJP and Congress. So it's always two. 
why why not ex escape this duality? Why not you know have this multiplicity of parties out of which we can save democracy? I mean, also another thing that I keep on wondering is that we created democracy and communism and all of these systems back in the day. Why can't we create newer systems? You know, um, if we if we're able to as humans create newer systems of politics, of economy, of everything, maybe we might be able to achieve um, a system which is capable of taking care of everyone's needs, but at the same time making all of the law sense, all of the practical sense that it has to make, all of the constitutional sense it has to make. This is one of the problems that, of, of today's society is that we're not we're repeating what we have done already. Like we, these systems are old. We're in 21st century. We should be able to create newer systems. Why do we have to follow something that is from 18th century or 19th century? What, why are we following, you know, or still being inspired by the French Revolution? Like, why not make newer systems? And, and then people would logically ask you, how can we make newer systems? Well, how can you make a newer system? You, you take a number of people, you sit down with a pen and paper, and you try to think as to how can we make a newer system? It's not that hard. It just takes effort. And it takes um, a lot of uh, people's uh, effort, you know, um, and, and, and dedication towards making something like that happen. And that's why I see democracy is in crisis, because do we, do we see any democratic country which is totally in peace? No. I mean, not to a higher degree. So we need to save democracy or we need to create newer systems. And in order to do so, we need like-minded people who are able to put in effort and, and do things that can constitutively make a lot of sense and benefits the citizens of the country. Yeah, and, and and when you say either make democracy democracy again, or come up with a new better way, I I I I do entertain the thought that maybe getting the human element out of certain decisions is not only necessary, but required in order for us to forward our way into the future and not annihilate ourselves yeah. or make it so shitty. Like, like with the, like with, I'm, I'm choose a different thing than climate change because just because of, uh, I could do something more decisive, the fishing, the overfishing of the oceans, you know, doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum if you actually take in the facts of, of the situation and the reality and the projections of the future if we continue at this rate that's not a good choice this is not this that's not that's not, not that's not good that doesn't nobody's value system sees that and is like this is fucking stupid this is fucking a crisis um so By the way, I think we got some comments here. I didn't look at them yet. Well, just to, to finish that, if you, maybe if maybe if democracy was going to render, ah, oh, that's not a big problem. Let's continue on that. 
then democracy isn't working in that case because we're talking about, I mean, maybe also I think too, sometimes that it's like that we get a little dramatic with that because we're always thinking apocalypse. We're thinking about it killing like all humans, but maybe we've already done, I mean, we definitely have already like done some stuff and can continue to do some things to the planet, like really Jurassic. Like what if, yeah, what if, what if life would continue without so much, like so much animal life being wiped out and they're still like, I know, I know the, 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 the projections that seem soundly scientific of that. We, you know, need, this much biodiversity for all, so many cyclical systems. To, and, I, and I believe that I guess right, I'm, I'm going to disengage from that. Cause it's just like contemplating a nightmare situation where people are like kind of alive and we're able to sustain life. And like these, in, the, in these, in these like certain very uh, special uh, compounds and, uh, and underground uh, fallout shelters and stuff. But uh, yeah, never mind. So I'm going to just disengage with that and say, let's not, let's just not go. Let's not go there. Let's not go post-apocalyptic. Let's not. Let's avoid it. I think everybody would want. I, I think I've, pretty much everybody here wants that on the planet. There's some. There, there's there's a particular case or two with with nations where it's like, but oh man, it's so fucking heavy and crazy that the finding out that we're such sponges. Like you can ha- you can have generations of humans that only know what they're allowed to know and 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 then they exist as an sort of you could say artificial intelligence a guided intelligence that's so horrific that needs to be stopped that needs to no longer be a practice and so the and then that comes into like, is there to be some sort of world order? We're already working on it. We have the Geneva Convention. We have rules for war, which people don't, nations don't follow always, but um, we're attempting that. And, uh, and now we get back to the place that we're at as a species where it's like, are we going to be able to navigate our way from distinct and warring nations to a planet that is working towards the, as close as it can get to a paradise loop? With the robots I mean, one of the problems that we have is people complain a lot about capitalism and capital capitalistic um ideations towards you know whatever the companies are coming up with i mean it's not only about democracy and communism or any other kind of um political sphere that you can adopt it's also about capitalism and I mean, I think communism can also come in there. We always complain about capitalist this, capitalist that. Why not create newer systems, you know? Uh, This entire private uh, property ownership, communism, Karl Marx thing. And then there's, uh, you know, that, I mean, communism is like everyone should, it's publicly shared, but capitalism is is like, yeah, privately owned. Um, 
why not create newer ways to battle capitalism to an extent that um, it doesn't take too much out of a human, either monetarily or just, you know, just as, just as a sentience, you know, that it shouldn't destroy human, um, the, the, the core of humanity uh, infused with economy and pol politics. Capitalism should be a way where people are owning private property, but at least capitalism is not eating them, you know, and, and, and that's the problem with capitalism and people because they keep on complaining that capitalism, this capitalism, that, you know, it's, it's ruining our economy, you know, it takes a lot of money, that, this, that, this, that. But why not make, why not enhance capitalism to an extent that it is mutually acceptable for everyone, that even if everyone is holding private properties, um, it's not taking a lot of economy. Uh, it's not sucking all of the economy in. So, you know, that could also be an antidote to our problem with capitalism. Yeah, I think the biggest, the big obvious thing is you just put a cap on certain things. Like it, and yeah, you because we're not infinitely motivated by the, the ceilingless infinite possibilities of a larger number. It becomes abstract. We've, this is, this is very clearly documented. This is, this is people stop being excited about that number at a certain point and it becomes this giant abstraction. So if you just put a cap on it and it could be a ridiculous cap, let's say a hundred billion after your, your hundred billionth and one dollar, the next you have a hundred billion dollars. The next one you earn does something where it's, distributed to the to the most difficult and not like just given to like to services or something just something like that even would revolutionize the place because then there's going to be there's totally going to be people who are there's going to be so many fucking people who are going to still going to like go over the cap and maybe they'll do so with like really philanthropic intentions or maybe they'll do so as a game because they'll keep track of how of their you know over 10 billion and that like and maybe it's for purely egoic purposes whatever it's like it's like uh it's like why do you know we got we got all these these treadmills and uh and, and then all the the machines at gyms there's so many gyms in america so many gyms this is planet fitness one and it's everywhere and it's 20 bucks a fucking month and there's robot massagers in there which is lovely and there's all these people lift doing stuff with lifting things and it's like hook a battery up to that generate power you know and I think you could do the same thing with people's, with people's egos. Like this one needs to be continually applauded and praised. And so it's going to keep doing that. Well, how do we have it so that that's generating energy? I think that like just having capitalism with just a ridiculous cap, not a small cap, but a like, like, like something like $100 billion. Folks who have $100 billion, right? Maybe not a hundred billion just yet. It's we're getting there. We're getting there. But I mean, even ten. Come on, ten. You have ten billion fucking dollars. Ten billion. What can you not do with ten billion? Buy a country. I mean, another problem with capitalism today is that we have lower lower class than we have upper upper class. Um, I'll give you an example of Russia, right? Um, 
um, maybe I won't be uh, as succinct as possible with the Russia scenario, but what it seems to me is that even eliminate that country, that there's an entire class of people who are from the low economy, and then there's enti- entirely another one which is rich and higher class. Then what's happening with the middle class here? The middle class is what is suffering from you know this disease of capitalism. That's why they keep on you know projecting all sorts of things about oh yeah, capitalism is bad. It's eating us. The economy is going down. GDP this, GDP that. But the richer are getting richer, and the poorer are getting poorer. What about that? You know. Um, there's of course a complaint coming from the middle class, but what about the lower class? Lower class getting lower and lower, and then richer getting richer and richer. You were talking about ten million dollars. Like there's people out there who have ten million dollars and they're doing nothing. Bill- you know, billion. Billions. They're not doing nothing. I mean, not everyone is Elon Musk and you know actually um, putting all 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 the money in and being like, okay, yeah, no, I can actually make something out of this billion dollars. There's people out there who have billions of dollars and they're doing absolutely nothing you know and then with with the lower class they're literally struggling to have a bread on their table so why not can we have this structure where you know the the lower economy is coming into middle lower class and and that the upper economy are taxated to a level that they are becoming middle upper class we need that Otherwise, there's going to be like all these sorts of fluctuations and you won't be able to get anywhere. So, you know, it's it's always a problem with um, class, economic class, and it's it's um, it's a catastrophe. I seen a thing of in India, a a particular skyscraper that is overlooking that is surrounded by slums and that there's people who have to fall asleep at their workstation who see this skyscraper that apparently like a, a guy like a family like lives there is this a is this a is this a well no that's all i can recall from from it but like there's i know that there's i mean we got a guy who's got a building or two he was president for a bit and back to intelligence though this this is all part of intelligence is like okay is having a situation and systems that facilitate this way we're choosing to host reality the musical the festival is this what we would decide and if smartness if intelligence is being able to figure out how to enact what your your will then it's like are we an intelligent species because this is fucking this sucks and and but and it doesn't suck for the people who are winning you want to say but no that's the, that's the big disagreement that i have and that's why i'm 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 no longer like uh eat the rich i wouldn't call myself a leftist i wouldn't i'm it sucks for them <laughs> it, sucks, it sucks it comparatively sucks it could this could be way we could we could have a way better we would be having a much happier reality when there isn't this, get the fuck away from my shit, get the fuck away from my shit. I need your shit because I don't have anything on my own. Fucking, I don't know. I made, I made the lower class golem. <laughs> Sorry, but like myself, like like being like like I would like to I would I would like to have more opportunities and resources. God damn it! It's like get the fuck away from mine. Get the fuck. I'm I'm 
not putting myself in a situation where there's somebody saying, get the fuck away from my things. But, you know, it's kind of like what is the way it's situated is there's the people with the with the with the, with the the aggregate resource like cream rising to the top situation it's, it's and it's it's not a meritocracy um it being a meritocracy would that even be the best would that be the very best we could do um that sounds way better i think that's a, that's a great improvement to me and i'm for that making it as much of a meritocracy as possible but it's like, do we? Do, it, it, can there come a day where we're not so Darwinian? I mean, we've done it. We're the dominant species of the planet. We've done it. We've got it. We've got it. We've got we we've we've taken it to an extent where we have nukes. We've got we've got it. We've won. We've won. We've won violence. Okay, we've got it. So can we? Can we chill? Can we? Can we? Can can we? Because I think we want to chill. I think I think that I, I really do think that we we, we want to. We want to chill, except except some of the the old, because it is the old way to not be chill. We, I think we can be chill now. I think it's also a thing with um, value system, right? Like you were talking about will before. So, you know, Frederick Nietzsche, um, when he was writing Will to Power, which was not supposed to be published, by the way, because um, he realized that there could never be an objective value system. Um, and his sister, Elizabeth, actually took all of his notes and published Will to Power anyway to kind of like further the Nazi propaganda. But when you just take a value system and implement it into the society that we currently have, we don't necessarily have a very succinct value system. You know, there's ethics and then there's morality. People are not able to distinguish both of them. So, you know, you can understand ethics as a com communal thing um, and you can understand morality as an individualistic thing. Um, so morals would be, oh, am I doing this thing good? Or am I doing this right? It's my own, uh, you know, psychical um, evaluation of what uh, the situation is. And then the ethical code is what is good for the community. Now, we, the state of human condition that we are in, in, in now, um, we're able, we think that something is ethically right, but then we take our morality and we impose it onto, onto the ethics in order to complicate it to an extent that we can further our needs and our intention. So what we're also seeing now is that when it comes to value systems in, in a communal background, so basically ethics, um, people are imposing morality upon ethics in order to um, make it so jumbling for the lack of the better words uh that a person cannot necessarily understand what the intention is but yet the intention is being put forward so what we need right now is a perfect ethical value system which is distinct from our own personal morality as a bias or one that allows for things to be jumbled and, and for things to and, and for there to be disparate patches of certain values taking hold. I think making space and encouraging that is how we get the best future. I am, I, I think that the people who are all about decentralization are on to something. I just have the question of when everybody's super decentralized, like just how are we going to stop some of these things now with 
some of the potentials of AI and say having a gain of functions lab for some sort of virus that isn't supposed to do what it exists to do, but that, that ends up doing that, you know, we need to avoid things like that. And so, and then my mind goes straight up. We need a benevolent world order <laughs> and, uh, the, and, and, and which is why I can no longer fault those who are, it seems like there's numerous attempts to have some sort of, varyingly benevolent world order i mean sure there's i'm sure there's i'm sure there's clubs that are taking a crack at it that they don't care if it's benevolent they just want it to be their order and then the, i i got numerous friends who who think that they're snake people and that they want they need to drink the blood of the children so like you know i don't think that 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 doesn't check out with all my experiences of humanity of uh, that there's there it's so rare that there's somebody who is authentically an evil for the sake of evil. I mean, there's 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 a goth club, which you should experience when you come here, uh, the Leland City Club, where you can see people being gothy and evil looking evil presenting for the sake of funsies or attractiveness um which i'm all about that that's fun but doing wrong for the sake of wrong for i for for i'm evil for i i don't know i don't see it and i think I, and i think that if i do that it's that it's super rare anyway anyway um yeah i go i i i i go from decentralized to, to world order real quick in my thinking because it's like yeah decentralized is fuck but there, I, there would need to be some overarching thing to make sure that you don't have oh there's so many things that could happen with ai where it's just exponential and it just and just it's just out of control and before you know it there's a drone swarm that's not that's not listening <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or the gain of functions that thing, like, like you need, there needs to be some, there needs to be some planetary rules of don't end the planet. But then if that can be established, hopefully as benevolently as possible though, ah, humans, um, then I think decentralized is the best way to avoid this, like this, like mass psychosis situations that we've got going on, like, like in the U S with the left, right thing and stuff. Like, um, I see that as a mass psychosis. I think it's, I, I see it ruining people's lives. I see it like just crushing people's families, just making a life that could have been, that could be, and could have not just could have, it's not over. Could be, it could be pleasant, but we're clawing at each other's authenticity. Like people, some people gravitate towards this and that. Sometimes it's generational and it's just, you know, you, you, you grew up surrounded by this team, but there's people who are authentically conservative. Like I have friends that are politically uh, leftist, liberal, and they're, but they're, but they are, in my observation of what it really is to be like, they're very conservative. They're very, like we we like to do things a certain way around here, you know, and uh, and and I want them to exist in the way that they are. You know, there's ways to there's ways to do some software troubleshooting. There's psychedelics. You can fucking you can you can do some stuff where you can change. But 
what if people don't want to change and they want to be themselves, but do they, do we have to be at each other's throats about the way we perceive things or can we, uh, leverage that for being this mechanism by which we come up with the smartest compromises, uh, based on both value systems, but the value back, back to do the value system thing. I, I, I think that that's the answer is like, you just have to be able to have pockets this. I mean, this community making the world, this really diverse menu of like, I want to spend some time in Japan in my life. I like, I really want to spend some time specifically in Japan for, uh, what I observe to be like, I see, I see the things about it that are, that, that where I would want to break free from at times, but the, like the hyper, hyper considerate, hyper polite, um, it sounds very peace inducing to be just in that exact vibe. Like, I don't know. I just observe, I, I observe the vibe to be one that I would like to exist in for a while, but then I want to fucking go to somewhere where I can be a flamboyant and fucking obnoxious sinner, you know, want different things at different times. And, but some people want the same thing their whole life. And I want them to be able to have that option. I want there to be a salt Lake city, Utah. And I want there to be a, Delhi and Detroit and uh, and a and a and a Tulum and a and a and an Amsterdam and a, and a London and a Berlin and a, and, a, and a Cairo and but I just hope that the way that those metropolises are existing and functioning is I would like it to be democratic. I would like it to be what people are choosing it based on choices as opposed to mandates from the past. But that that's my value system. I mean, you're not completely wrong about my mass psychosis. I think we, as human civilization at this current point, we're all under mass psychosis. Um, you know, on Joe Rogan's podcast, this um, Dr. Malone came in, Robert Malone, and he was, um, you know, he, his Twitter account got banned. And he effectively started talking about this mass psychosis that's been happening within our community. Now you can take this into a COVID context or you could take it into any kind of political context actually. Um, and this mass psychosis is happening because people are just wondering as to what the fuck is really going on about a particular situation. And when that particular situation comes in, as I said before, people are not able to distinguish between facts and opinions. And if you're not able to distinguish between both of those, people are just like, what the fuck is even happening? You know, And that creates mass, mass psychosis because we have no idea as to how to tackle this entire situation in front of us because this flowing of information that we don't even know which is misinformation, which is disinformation, which is actual information. So mass psychosis is definitely a symptom of 21st century and currently the human condition as we are, you know, right now. Um, and it's a huge issue. It's a huge, huge issue. And so is censorship. So is censorship. I mean, taking down accounts of Maxwell trial um, with more than 500,000 followers on Twitter, taking down accounts of Dr. Robert Malone, more than- On the Maxwell um, trial? Yeah, the Maxwell trial tracker, there was an account on YouTube, which was tracking everything that was happening with Maxwell trial. And Twitter took that um, account down. Why? We don't know. 
Why that censorship happened? We don't know. Dr. Robert Malone, he said something about uh, mRNA vaccine account is suspended. Right-wing politics people, they say something, accounts are suspended. So censorship now has become a huge real problem because we are limiting free speech. And when you limit free speech, people find ways to make that speech happen anyway. So Donald Trump, right? You took Donald Trump off Twitter thinking that, okay, I did that. I, did I mean, that. you know what I mean. Remember the moment you know, I like people, <laughs> Like in a 90s a hackers movie, I just like put in the code and I send it. I'm sorry, I cut you off. So with Donald Trump, right, his account gets suspended. And um, now he even uh, so th this uh, podcast called Nelk Boys Podcast, Full Send, they got Donald Trump's interview on there. YouTube took it down and like. I don't know, one day, maybe 30 minutes, something like that. Um, and now they have to post it on their own official site so that it doesn't get actually taken down. So we're censoring, um, you know, people who want to voice certain opinions. Yes, it could be disinformation. Yes, it could be misinformation. But still, we're, you know, we are suppressing what I would call um, actual speech. And people will always find a way to... Um, you know, articulate that speech. They will make new um, apps, so like Getter for right-wing people. They will make newer websites. Um, you can take Alex Jones' example here, him having his own platform, Infowars, and him being able to articulate his speech freely without getting censored. So in any case, we're having speech being, uh, you know, di displayed. Now, what happens with major platforms like Twitter and, and Facebook and, and all of these major Instagram, whatever, you know, they are the major parties which are using all sorts of users. Like they have maximum users, like most of the people are on that platform. And so the major consensus comes out of those users which are on these major platforms, but they're devoid of all of the opinions that there actually are. So one could say that there, it's 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 somewhat biased no. what we're getting. You it's know, concerned. we are being fed into left wing liberal uh, political ideas, and the right wing political conservative ideas are being um, you know suppressed because that's in certain spaces it, though I gotta say that's in certain spaces it's the it's the opposite in in other places in other places and spaces. I know that like the airwaves of entertainment and but th there's pockets there's 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 so much in america where you can be in in a in in a right-wing milieu entirely you know i mean someone someone here uh commented that twitter is a private company they don't need to follow free speech completely right terms and conditions of um twitter is uh private and so they can of course de-platform anyone they want uh, but again, when there's an app, when there's a major app, which is of course privately owned and which tends to display most of the news that we get today, you take someone who's an active president at that time, January 6th, he was active president. You take his account down. Yes, I know that you took that account down for 
good reasons, but at the same time, that implied that now we're giving power to technocracy. Now we're giving power to the big tech, to the big tech who's going to make decisions as to who gets to say what, who gets to have an account, who gets to deliver their free speech. I'm not saying that Donald Trump did a brilliant job with January 6th. Of course, he did not. Then, you know, that decision was right. But at the same time, people need to see the pros and the cons. Because every time, you know, you, you, you see something like that, there's pros and cons. And this Donald Trump thing happened uh, with his account taken down. And then I saw, you know, most of these left, right wing political accounts getting uh, suspended because they said something or they questioned something. It's like questioning something in 21st century is getting us deplatformed. I'm not, of course, there's a private company, of course, they have terms and conditions, but if we're using as a collective society these apps to a higher degree, then we do need some sort of an autonomy in a, to be able to understand as to what the fuck is really go- going on in the world, what are different opinions, what is happening. You know, if, if everything is filtered, if everything is biased, then what even is the news that we're getting out of Twitter or Facebook or whatever? I mean, meta now, you know? It's it's a it's a dilemma almost. I am bored to death with that conversation, though. I've just heard it so much. Not bored to death with with you and your take on it, but I like I've just heard that just so much. The just all the the the, the contemporary American controversies. They're just so. I know I know each side's retort. I know it, I've watched the tennis match so many times. Um, but how that relate back, relates back to intelligence censoring both censoring people and censoring yourself, it's stunting our intelligence. Our intelligence has to be the full breadth of what everybody thinks and says. And, uh, and then, and, and, and if you have faith in us, then you know that we'll, but we need to be aware that we, that you need to fucking, there's some stuff you need to nip in the bud. There's some stuff that you need, that, that, that you need to combat every time you see it, you know, any sort of like actual racism, like, somebody making an argument for uh, their, or just expressing that they have a value of keeping people distinct is one thing. Like I mentioned Japan, I I would like there to be a distinct culture of Japan that that goes, that goes into the future. But when any, any, to me, any utterance that you value keeping people distinct through separation and or anything suggesting that like people that 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 people having that, that keep keeping just purity any ethnic purity stuff that to me is a scourge and i and- mean we're actively filtering ourselves right like um even on social media given the cancel culture like if I was supposed to tweet right now, right, and it's somewhat related to politics or I don't know some sports or whatever, whatever the fuck, I'm tweeting it out, and then I reread the tweet just to make sure that it's okay for me to post that, and if it doesn't have that particular you know editing of mine, then maybe I'll get cancelled. So we are actively filtering ourselves according to the norms according to the biases that the social media platforms, the technocracy or the big tech has put forth. 
so you know even that happens and and it's it's crazy because then our own free speech our own original authentic ideas are not getting out because there's a filtering system because we're abiding by the societal laws that um, we cannot say this word, we cannot say that, we cannot support this kind of thing. But okay, if I'm having an original and authentic idea, which might not uh, you know, be abidable by whatever agenda there is for me to follow to tweet it, then why am I even thinking about something authentic without, you know, then who am I, you know, if not uh, someone who is biased completely by what the big tech has, you know, given us. Honestly, even I'm kind of bored of this conversation. You want to talk about second? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the summation of that to the topic is that is censorship. I do think stunts are intelligence. But then it's like, okay, so we, the, the way we can pivot from that but not just completely jettison it and just like people self-censor in your mind, you know, we mind policing is, I think actually um, sometimes it's like, it's pruning. It's like, not going to let myself think about this thing that puts me in a shitty loop all day. So I'm going to, in a way you could say censor my mind, like my, my mind is knee jerking, bringing up this. It's like, no, we're going to think about that. Um, that I wouldn't say is stunting intelligence, but just not, not allowing yourself to ever consider or acknowledge or express the negative that stunts your intelligence, both your demonstrated applied intelligence and your, uh, your cognitive power as a scout, you know? to not, and I see it, I see it more and more. And it's spooky. It's creepy sometimes when I'm, I have these experiences now where I see what a, the way a human's face goes when they don't want to connect with or observe and absorb. And, you know, they don't want to factor into their reality. What is, observable in front of them or it was just said just said is different because it'd be like well you're wrong or you're a liar but sometimes i see this moment where it's like i'm not i'm not going to and usually there's a blink and there's and it's this that's not real that's not nope you know and mm -hmm. and on the mass level that's co cognitive dissonance that uh is kind of necessary to keep the to keep the keep the lights on right now right because if we didn't have a certain level of cognitive dissonance to some of uh some of our pending problems which i'm optimistic about i think that if we if we gave proper attention to our uh solvable problems so we have a bunch of unsolvable problems like the human condition <laughs> and stuff um which could be optimized a lot better but anyway uh i i think that we if we gave proper attention to uh, optimizing things around here, we're going to be good. The problem is the same problem that I have as an individual. Um, I'm ruminating in the past a lot. Not, I'm not here with what I could do right now. I'm limited. I l limit myself in moments and I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this. Perhaps I'm getting close to some 
huge moment. But I think it's, it's I think it's, I, I think, I think the one thing about maturing is stop looking for the huge Hail Mary, the, the, like the, the, the huge leap, like just be progressing, just be progressing, getting a little bit more present every day. Um, by yeah. the way, look at the private chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where was uh, the, the the well? The, this takes us back to the um. This this get this goes to an Illuminati place. The ability to live for hundreds of years or multiple lifetimes is the only thing that makes the gain of functions or perpetual greed make sense, says Ron Verse. Um, I don't. That's another thing that has become uh, just incredibly. It's boring until there's a, until there's some revelation about it and being as it's out of my arena to affect um, uh, it's like the, the, the Maxwell trial and things of that like clearly, clearly there is something up. There is something rotten Denmark. There is something fucking fucked going on um, and people being protected right with, with that. But being as, Nothing that I could shout into the ether of the internet, I feel, well, is going to unlock that. And there's plenty people curious about it and digging that I'm like, I am waiting for some something to be revealed about that. And maybe it will be something that, like I just said about the people who like the, 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 these moments of blinking, like, that's not that's not real. But that's not what their face says. They'll just be like, get, 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 I, "I love pumpkin spice," um, and just. But that those, I, I do think that I've, I'm, if I may brag of my humility, <laughs> which is an oxymoron, if I could be braggadocious about how fucking humble I am, um, I think that upon finding something out about like our our uh, reptilian overlords or something like that, like something like that, that I, upon it being observed and confirmed, I would be like, okay, shit, I need to reorganize the way I think about the, the world. But as of now, that it does not seem obvious. What it seems like to me in terms of the, the powers that, that are, is that it's so human and I've seen the range of humans pretty intimately in my life. Not super intimately. I've never been like best buds with a tyrant. I've never like, you know, had a buddy that I just go over, hang out. It's like, yeah, and you know, he's got that thing in the basement where there's a bunch of people captive. And it's like, I, you know, I've never been that, like, I'm not that, but, but I've been, I've, I've, I've observed the, the seeds of evil in myself that I didn't follow, you know, I've, and, uh, and, you know, certain things in the past, things, certain things that have happened in my peripheral. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, going on walk and talks in the woods with any serial killers, but like I've known humans and, uh, and I just think it's that taken to extremes and involving, politics and big money and stuff and uh and 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 i hope that it gets fucking uh that we that we learn to 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 actuate accountability hope that we become more intelligent in our in our collective capacity to nix some shit 
You gotta you gotta be negative about some some, some fucking things. Anything coercion, anything where there's humans, any captivity, anything like that, anything with kit, you're done. You're done. You can't, you can't do it. And here's why. Here's what we did to the last ones, sort of thing. But I tire of, I tire of talking about evil. What are we? I mean, we can conclude by saying that humanity needs more love. We need more love. We need more kindness. You know, we need more gratitude. And if we don't have these things incorporated in our life 24 7, then of course there's going to be catastrophes. But but there should be an emphasis on having gratitude and kindness and love towards not only people, but also our environment. And also within ourselves, also within our intrinsic selves. Yeah, we're not an intelligent species if we fucking wreck the planet trying to get resources out of it. That's not that's not intelligent. Exactly. So we need, we need, yeah. And, and modeling intelligence, I would fucking love to see intelligence being the coolest thing there is. But back to the mainstream, the idea of the mainstream, the mainstream is its most noticeable quality is its accessibility. It requires very little entrance fee or qualifications. That's why it can be main because it's it's there it's right there it's low it's low-hanging fruit um but uh you know back to kindness is intelligence i would love to see it would be you know and there's something that is like doesn't feel as cool and edgy and sexy to be like the thing that's mainstream cool as it does to be like the you know uh the more uh avant-garde off the beaten path all the words for you know special little rebel but i would fucking love to see kindness become cool and and and, and trending because i don't give a fuck about I, I it's not not just that i don't I, I give a fuck is the wrong is is the wrong words i don't want to spend my life thinking about lots and lots of people i don't i'll i'll do that as a thing like if that's helpful and I observe that it can be, then I would do that. But that's not how I want to spend my time. That's not fun. That's not, because it's not intimate. And intimate is the, is the, main, is the main special thing, I'd say, of, the, of life. Like that's, and being, just always thinking, well, if I wake up and I'm in the marketplace of ideas, and it's like, I don't want to be in the marketplace of ideas. I want to be a human goddamn being. And, and sometimes, <laughs> I want to be even a stranger and more div- divinely like uh, can't help but be authentic thing. Sometimes I just like to experience being this creature, this not thinking, not strategizing about, oh, this, it would be better if more people thought this way. I don't want to do, I don't want to be engaged in that. God, I want more st- time in scout mode i want more time in just like creature mode i want to be i want to have my friends and us have this super inside joke fucking really uh you know it, intimate um uh 
the, 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 the things that happen in closed loop, closed groups of friends, like closed group and sometimes closed groups, because at some point it's like, now we've gotten so esoteric with the way we communicate to each other. Like, like the deep sarcasm and friendship and the just like, I know exactly what you're saying and it's ridiculous how you're, you're able to encode it to me through comedy and stuff. Like just things like, that's the stuff of life. I want that. I don't want to do this shit too much where I'm, and then that's what makes me think maybe I don't want to do it at all. And that's the kick that I was on during the pandemic. I was like, do I not want to do talking stuff on the internet or like be on stage is another thing because the etch a sketch shakes. And if no, as long as nobody recorded you on your phone, then it's like, you're just like this memory to some people and, and, and a slippery memory sometimes, you know, um, most of the time, like, but then there's people, but anyway, this thing on the internet where there's a receipt for the things that I've said and stuff like that, in at a time where people are hyper judgmental to 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 a pathological intelligence stunting place where it's like you're I'm gonna have this 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 judgment voice in my head be limiting my scout experience and my expression experience and just like and now I now I kind of fucking have, have bad thoughts about humans as a whole because of what it's doing. The internet, man, like you really, got, really got to pick, you really got to like, and so I was thinking during the, when the, when the lockdowns were happening, I was really considering like, maybe I definitely don't want to be any kind of public with whilst I was actually doing podcasts like this, but I, but, but you know, that number says three, there's three people listening. That's okay. That's, that, that's intimate. <laughs> but like the thing where you just get, there's lots and lots of people and they're judging. I'm like, I know people want it for rat and I want it for certain reasons. I want it for certain things that could come from that. Um, but there's a huge trade off there because I do not want to spend a lot of my life thinking about, am I being an, ex you know, things like that. Am I being an example? Cause that's fucking the definition of inauthentic fake. Ron verse says, I'm scouting you guys right now. You in scout, you in scout mode, bro. You scouting. Wait, can we have this? Like when we upload this on YouTube, can the chat like be live? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not going to say I don't care, but I'm not going to make an effort. <laughs> from this because I'm getting close to scout mode myself, which is, which I could be, I would know I, I will go, I'll go into scout mode a little bit for the, like the, the last thing I would like to accomplish with this podcast, which is now at two hours is I would like to see if we are, have a co-intelligence enough for you to communicate to me the C3 meant mental model of intelligence and for me to draw it upon this whiteboard. Mm -hmm. So, so try to, so describe that, uh, to me. Um, so I'm not just drawing, I mean, cause it'd be easy just to be like, put a line and then have the, that, um, but do that as well. But then explain it to me as I write the magic words. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should go for it. What do you mean go for it? Go over the board. I'm going to do it in green. Okay. 
I actually might put, if, if you give me the video of this, I want to post it on my podcast as well, because this was a really good one. Okay, cool. Wish we would have got your microphone going, but that's, that's okay. But that's, that's, that's a problem that's going to be solved by proximity. That's going to be a great thing about your being here in reality with me, with, uh, with the microphone and the mixing board and the headphones and the whole deal. Because these things are going to sound real nice because I like to go to bed listening to podcasts sometimes. And I like it when, when I get to hear this perspective. Okay, I don't want to talk about audio quality right now. Uh, uh, C3, mental model of intelligence. What is intelligence? Tell me, t- tell me again. Connection, creation, comprehension. Connection can be abstraction as well. All right. So... Capacity for abstraction. Capacity for abstraction. Ability to make connections. And creation. That's the one I got, right? Because I like I made a song the other day I'm really proud of. Okay. Capacity for abstraction and creation is one. Next one. So capacity for uh, abstraction, capacity for creation, and capacity for connection. Connection. Oh, sorry, comprehension. So capacity for abstraction, capacity of creation, and capacity of comprehension. Give an example of specifically comprehending as and uh, as opposed to making connections when you've effectively comprehended like this do i comprehend this yet how do we test my capacity for abstraction and creation connection and comprehension i almost feel like comprehension comes first cuz you got to like do you understand stuff in front of you? Yeah. So you create, you comprehend, and then you abstract or connect. Some people don't create, though, right? Everybody's creative. You're on the everybody's Everyone connection. has a capacity for creation, but only a few actually are able to authentically create. As in, like, true creativity as in not remixing pre-existing ideas. I don't understand what that would even be. I don't think that, I think that the closest you could come is like an abstract painter, perhaps. Yeah, but that's authentic in itself, right? Because it's abstract. Yeah, but like, when I, like with poetry and songs and stuff, it's like, it's weird to say that you're doing true creativity or you have, you have a list of sounds you could generate your specific sound with your voice or your way of plucking or strumming, hitting the thing, but uh, but you've got a but you've got paints, and then I even think it with paints, it's like you're not creating shapes; those have existed. You could create something so weird that so weird, so unique, so chaotic that it's like it never existed before, but 
it's made up of things that we can describe. That's a line. That's a blob. That's a that. That's a you know, I can mm-hmm. true creativity to generate. I feel like one of the things that I find very, very interesting about having a human brain and having experienced DMT several, several times is uh, the times with that where I could not have, I feel like I would not be able to understand an image such as the one that I am seeing. And right now too, that's the thing. You can get to a point with that where it's like, all right, that is kind of the underlying, the dream stream. Um, but when it does the fractals and the and the geometric patterns that are just so complex or so like that feels like true creativity in a way. It feels it feels like. But it's like because it, it, it's so complex and if, oh, that's one you you haven't you haven't experienced that one. But you've been on mushrooms and stuff. You've been on mushrooms. You've had you've had you've had cascading. I had mushrooms. a very terrible mushroom trip um, and, and it wasn't horrible. It was just like I was in Amsterdam and I took like 15 grams of truffles and um, it was very cold. And I'm not good with cold environments. So I ate all of them all at once. And I also smoked some hashish and cannabis. Completely legal there in Amsterdam. Um, And I went out to the Walden uh, Park. And on my way, I start puking like a motherfucker. And that happens because it was expected. Like some of my friends were like, yeah, you're going to puke. Um, and then I started tripping, but I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling well. It was probably because of the cold environment and, and, and me wearing like all sorts of fucking clothes. And I go to this park and I'm just like seeing like slight visuals, like, you know, the grass is breathing and, and the sun is shining, uh, you know, the lights, um, and, and, and the pigeons around me seem very beautiful. But then I started walking back all the way to my hostel and I went to my bed and I closed my eyes and I had these beautiful um, closed eye visuals. And then I slept and I woke up. Um, I think I wouldn't necessarily consider it as a good trip, but something which I can reflect upon, especially given the um, closed eye visuals that I had. So I. I'm yet to experience five grams of cubensis and dark uh, atmosphere, as Terence McKenna would say. I have to do that. And also DMT and mescaline are two other compounds that I would definitely love to try. All this can be arranged. And it's, it's like, I can genuinely say that my experience with all psychedelia has brought me to this place now of that I, I'm not terribly interested in more experiences that I don't know what I can draw from that. But then I also, hearing myself say that, I, that sounds fucking lame. Just because that means that it's like, wait, you're going to deny yourself pure scout mode? Just like some of these things that you can see with your eyes closed. And then I can, you know, start, I can see them, you know, starting to take, for him now and just you know completely soberly i can like see i can um you know imagine them and be seeing it with the imagination but man the cascading fractals so pretty if nothing else 
it's so pretty and it's so and this and the and the whoa ah that's in me that's i'm not i'm not gazing upon something in the world and then it, and then it always comes back to what's the difference between looking out at the world and looking into your mind and you know how that goes and what interests me most these days is like the the life the life yeah uh, realizing actuating the life that could happen and the save the world stuff is like that that i can get compelled about that in the instances or or uh if i all i need to be convinced of is that is that there there is that it's there's something that can be done that's worth doing that uh that i specifically can be a part of enacting that um and uh and that and that i would say is uh is the appliable intelligence thing uh am 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 am, am i smart well am i empowered by it um but then i I don't want to be. I don't want to be addicted to power. I don't want to. I don't want. Power is the worst drug in history. As in, like it sucks. Like it's no fun, or like it does bad stuff. It does bad stuff because you have so much control. Yeah, people don't seem to just like be like, "All right, that's the amount of power that I want," you know. And I feel like that's that's like so that that makes me confident in, in humanity having a chance here because I exist. And I, I really want to cap it off as far as with, you know, there was this comedian here in India, Kunal Kamra, mm -hmm. and he asked me, you know, what is the worst drug ever? And I was like, uh, PCP. <laughs> and then he goes like, no, it's power. Have you experienced PCP? Power is the worst drug ever. Have you experienced PCP? You have... Sorry? Have you experienced PCP? PCP? No, no. Okay, I mean, I've, I've done DXM, which people say that if you do it in higher doses, like PSP, PCP, but um, no, I haven't done PCP and nor do I plan to. <laughs> I've been told that PCP is a dissociative, that it's like smoke, that it's like smoking ketamine, which like that, the, 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 the way PCP was propagandized to me, it was like real bad. Like you're punching mailboxes. You're, you're, you're yeah. So it's DXM. Like if you, if you have enough of DXM, like maybe one and a half bottle down, it's it's like PCB. It's so disassociative and you also kind of hallucinate. Like I've only hallucinated and had a dissociative effect, but nothing more than that. Anyway, the, the, back to the, 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 the comedian says, says that the, the drug is power. You're on that. I just want, I just, you said PCP and I just wanted to see if you were uh, like, actually, because I, I've, I've never even had somebody be able to like describe it to me in a way that seemed to make sense. But I remember being told through media things that it you, it's the, the one that makes you get naked and punch mailboxes, which apparently isn't very true. Exactly. I have a class in five minutes, so I'm very unfortunately we'll have to end this podcast. Like abruptly, immediately. 
Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for the class, it would keep going. But this was one of the most interesting conversations I've had in, in a good amount of time. And it ended so gracefully too. We 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 so, <laughs> we we landed the ship so intelligently, and so and so uh, we really tied it all together at the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I am so excited to go into scout mode and have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye everybody. happy reality happy reality to merry existence to you all